You're listening to the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. Understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, dual gender male to female crossdresser, LGBTQ plus advocate, TEDx speaker, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of FoxandHanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hi, Savannah. Hey, Julie. How are you, you lovely, lovely woman? I'm okay. I have a little bit of a cold. My Myself and my lovely daughter have a, a bit of a cold. So oh. for the listeners out there, if I sound a little stuffy, I don't know if you're used to it, Savannah, at this point. <laughs> But it's, yeah, well, yeah, I, I always, it always pains me to hear you in pain and sounding off, but uh, you, sound, you found I'm, very, you sound very lovely anyway, as we all know. Thank so. you. And so um, what have I done? I am not sick, although allergies have still been beating, beating me down this season. Um, so that I also have a little bit of stuffiness, but we're not here to talk WebMD. You know, that's not we are not. No, we are not. <laughs> we, I did have a little bit of time prior to talking to you today to do a little more book editing. I am about um, two, th- no, one half to two thirds done on my reread. And I did find another beta reader, somebody we had mentioned a couple episodes ago. Her daughter is, in, is very interested in reading the book, as is. So I'm going to get a couple more eye peepers on it to uh, see what another young person thinks about it and get their take and try to integrate and incorporate things that they may have seen that I did wrong. Maybe loose threads that still need pulling or like, why'd you do this? This was just, you know, whatever it is content editing wise, I'm hoping, 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 hoping that this year is going to get this book done and out into the world for the the masses. And uh, then I can start some other lovely book creator project. That's very exciting. I'm very happy for you. And I like that you're taking the time to really make sure that the people who are, who is your audience are really, you're, you're taking care and kindness when it comes to making sure that you're getting it right and that you're not missing anything. And, you know, having two beta readers, you know, everyone's going to interpret it art in their own way, but this will give you the best possible shot of really looking at your scripture from the eyes of who it is intended for. Which is yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's like, I'm old and I don't know what the youth sounds like anymore. Right. Um, whether they would care enough or whether I was just writing it in too, not mature style, but just like not really gravitating toward that demographic. And then secondarily, right. I wanted to make sure that I'm speaking to the LGBTQ plus audience that it resonates with them and the first beta reader they took it and and really kind of it resonated with them and i'm hoping this can occur this time too so we will see what what happens but you know speaking of creative endeavors Mm -hmm. thing that is like pieces of artwork things that are things we create out of nothing and you know content creation and so we're talking about the written word that you read but this episode i wanted to talk more about Something that is a little more visual. Um, yeah, they say that... Yeah, still expressive. Still expressive. And they do say that a picture is worth a thousand words. 
Yes. So while my book may be 120,000 words, well, you know, I have a bunch of new photos now. Ooh. Uh, Ow, (laughs) And this was from the boudoir shoot. I think we had kind of mentioned it in previous episodes, but I have the full final 25 picks re-edited and airbrushed and color corrected. And so now it is done in my corner. Mm. I have this finished product with me in it as Savannah exuding my divine feminine goddess. And, um, and it's uh, been a crazy road mm-hmm. um, because uh, it, there's just so much to unpack about it from the actual event and going through the process and be, be, you know, leaving yourself in the hands of a professional is like, turn your head this way. Aren't you right. like more? Just a little more. Keep going. And your back's cracking and your your body's spasming and you're getting cramps. And you're like, okay, I hope this looks good because I feel terrible. Um, I mean, it wasn't sexy. It wasn't an effortlessly <laughs> sexy experience. It, 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 sometimes it was. Like if <laughs> I was just standing there leaning against the wall and her, her and I are chatting and she's like, she's like, oh my God, this is a great shot. And it would make me blush and smile. And so then she would take that next shot of me, like really kind of beaming, you know, with that. But there's some other ones where I'm like it on hurts. the ground. It hurts. It hurts. Like on the ground, my feet up on a couch, my hands posed a certain way, my back arched like I'm in, you know, a yoga class. <laughs> and there were some times where she was like making me pose and she start from like one body part and work her way up. And by the time she got to my face and what to do, my neck and chin, my my toes were cramping up. And I'm just like trying real hard to just keep keep my composure and and, and not have a grimace on my face and not move the posture. And whew, yeah, so not every shot was like uh, you see where it's like, make love to the camera, make love. Oh, give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> no, it was not that effortless for me at the very least. And I know for you as a physical being that you know, muscle aches and kind of flexibility <laughs> is something that you struggle with yes. on the regs. Was that something that you told her ahead of time? I did. I did. You actually. Did. Good. Yeah, and she did take that in consideration and she was mindful. Um, and for everybody, this is Bear Elegance Boudoir in Newberry, mm. South Carolina. Uh, look up Virginia Connolly. She's amazing. Uh, refer to me, say my name, you get a hundred dollars off. Um, so, but no, I told her that before and she was very mindful to say, are you okay? Is, you know, are, are you feeling right. okay? Can you do this thing that I'm asking you to do? And there's a couple of times I'm like, I think I can get close, but I don't think I'm going to get weird. So she would modify it a little bit and make sure it still looked very appealing and very artistic. Uh-huh. Uh, even though to me, it seemed like I was a contortionist pretzel. <laughs> like I remember the moment of like, oh my God, I'm holding this pose. But to see the final product, wow, that's it just, mm. the, you know, the way it's angled, the way you tilt a certain thing just a little bit, the way your eyes, where they're pointing, where you're looking, right. your feet are pointed and your legs are, you know, crooked a certain way. Oh, and like, amazing. Amazing. I just love everything about it. And I will be posting the more modest of those on my Instagram and, and you know, weeks going forward, I'm going to try to salt and pepper it out into the world uh, as Mm. best I can. And also I want to give huge shout out to Virginia because um, well, what we're talking about now is like all all the coolness that happened, but I really wanted to talk about is the feeling that I got from it. Mm. 
you know, there is there is kind of a, still a stigma in a couple ways. Like if you're a male a male photographer taking boudoir pictures, that's a little right. it seems a little like sketchy. Um, so people gravitate towards female photographers and outfits. Um, I even know another couple who who does it here in South Carolina. Who's it's a husband wife team, mm. which probably gives it a little more balance. But for me, it was what did she represent? Her message and her brand is all about female empowerment. It is about the divine feminine. It's about showing like the best you can be, like in whatever body shape you are. Just know that every woman can be beautiful and see themselves through the camera in that way. So that was what really gravitated me towards working with her. And she knocked out of the park for me as well. And if you can make a biological man look that good as a woman, then everybody else should be a cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> and I recommend it. I recommend this for everybody to do at least once. It is a treat. It is um, a little bit expensive. It's something you have mm-hmm. to save for because you're going to have the photo shoot itself and you're going to have whatever package of digital prints, printed canvas prints, a book, an album of all your awesomeness. And it, it can be um, a setback in your in your wallet or your credit card. But for me, I will say in spite of that, it was the most amazing experience to like to really bring out my femininity, like to really mm-hmm. capture it in a way that, yeah, I can do it with the camera, doing the selfie. And you know, we've spoken before about my hesitancy to do full body pics mm-hmm. on my own. And this was, well, if I put my hands in the care of a professional who does this for a living, I, I have to trust that they can bring my femininity out in the best light, full body. And they did. They really did. And I was so pleased. And see, it was so transformative for mm-hmm. me. It was akin to when I first had my first makeover as Savannah, yeah. like full head to toe. And, you know, they spun me around in, in the, the stylist chair to see the full length mirror myself in it. Mm-hmm. And that was transformative to see that I could be this feminine person. And now to take it to that next level, now that I've perfected my, or still perfecting my own idea and makeup skills and doing my practice and by being, and like you would tell me the, what I wear and, and how fetching and alluring and, and appropriate it is for my body type. Uh, to have somebody else take it to that next level. Yeah. Right. It was just another transformation of, wow, I can't believe I can look like that. And I think for a lot of biological women, non-biological women, I think that it is something that they, it's not unheard of to have something like this on their bucket list in terms of experiences. I think also when you have any sort of, whether it be body dysmorphia, if you've had an eating disorder, if you've given birth to a child, I mean, the list goes on and on and on in terms of a woman's journey when it comes to owning their sensuality. I think that investing in yourself in this kind of way, it's priceless. It's transformative. It's something that one should do for themselves, but on the contrary, it's also something that a loved one or a significant other could give as a gift to their cross-dressing partner to help them to show some sort of, you know, love letter in terms of how they want their person to see them in terms of 
what they think that their cross-dressing partner deserves. I mean, it really is a gift to that person, a gift to yourself, to whoever is experiencing this journey. It is something that involves letting go. It is It involves some deep sense of intimacy and self-love, both with the person that you are, both with the photographer and with yourself. And I don't know if this happened to you, but I know that I have some experience with taking some intimate photos, some photos of quote, regular people that I pose in a model-esque way and something happens with the person who's going on this journey where the, the camera suddenly disappears and maybe the, the pain or the awkwardness of the pose disappears and suddenly they're in this moment of this pocket or this source or this connection to a higher power where they suddenly feel loved and capable and and true when it comes to tapping into that sensual part of themselves or that part of themselves that believes that they are capable of having this experience, that they are not some phony, that they are not hearing the different directions and kind of moving their body as such, but they are actually a part of this multi-sensory experience. And the, the thought process kind of disappears of getting it right. And suddenly they are there. And I don't know if you've found this with your TED Talk, but it's just this moment where all rationale And all those lines that you were supposed to memorize kind of go out the window and suddenly you are, you have become whatever it is that you wish for this experience. So it sounds like you had that (laughs) moment, not the whole time. Not the whole time, no. I am the type of person who tends to keep very tightly in control, Mm -hmm. you know, like be, be, you know, kind of ahead of it intellectually. So there was a, a, a long time during the issue where I was in my head about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> the best times I had was when I didn't have to move positions, like right. physically move like, oh, from the bed to the floor or from the bed to the chair. Like if there was like a series of pictures where it was she was just kind of reposing me, minor movement, that I was more in the moment because it was slight movement. Now like, all right, let's stop that. Now let's go over here and then reestablish the whole composition. Right. It was just slight adjustment. But I could be more in the moment of it and forget there was a camera and not look at the camera and just listen to the voice and and follow what she was instructing me to do and be Mm -hmm. uh, more present. Moving from one set to another or changing position in a very overt way those ended up being more of like, okay, what am I doing? What, what's going on again? I'm, I'm not familiar with this. Yeah, so in those ways, it was like, I, I felt like that kid, like, not familiar with the surroundings. And I'd right. have to, like, trust the person again. What do you want me to do? What, where should my hand be? And then you, I, I get more insecure again. And in that mm. way, um, I kept going in and out of the moments. But if I was just laying on the bed and, like, laying on the floor, and I said, we could do the whole shoot with just me laying here. Right. Then, then I was like kind of more comfortable in my skin about it. But when I left and came back and she showed me the 50 shots mm. that I was starting my selection from to narrow it down by half for the package I wanted, looking at some, some of those were like, no, no, hard pass. <laughs> I don't like the way my belly's all drooping down, looking like <laughs> I have, you know, there are some, some pictures I look like very muppety because just the angle of my <laughs> jawline, I just looked. 
like flat in the face and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Don't don't even want to see it. It's it's very easy when it's like <laughs> it's very easy when it's a clear no. Yeah. I find rather than like 200 photos that are like amazing and you're just like, they're all good. What am I going to do? But there's something very humbling and effortless about being like, oh, hell no. Nope. <laughs> yep. Can you get that out of my face? Yeah. yeah please put that, put that in no folder right now. Don't even pass go. Just I don't want to see it ever again. Right. Let's uh, just <laughs> not. Uh, and then the converse was true is that there was someone like, wow. Like if right. she in her head heard me say, wow, or saw my reaction and knew that was a yes. So we ended up taking a third of them right to the nose, a third right into the yeses. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of maybes that I had to say, well, I like that better, but let's make sure they're not duped or too close in the same pose or posture. So I ended up with 30 images that I had then to back back down to 25. But that 25... What do you mean, uh, back, back down? Uh, like, I only get 25 prints or 25 digital mm. images. So I had 30 or 31 in my yes bucket or fault. Got bucket. it. So then I had got to go it, in it. and kind of trim those. And it was hard. It was really hard to take the 31 down to 25. I bet. So I was like, they were just... Like, even if the composition was so similar, it was like they were just so different. Like, just like the movement of a hand from, like, my face to my chest... Sure. Hold such a different story that I didn't want to give up either of them. And so, but I had to make, that's where I spent the most time agonizing over the ones I really wanted, but just couldn't afford to keep. So I'm like, oh, so in that way, I was like, no, I want to keep them all. But uh, yeah, she did amazing work. And I felt transformed as soon Mm -hmm. as I saw the pictures. I felt uber overtly feminine. It was like a success story of seeing yourself in a way you've never seen yourself. Yeah. And that was something I've wanted to do for a long time. I've been wanting to do a boudoir shoe for a while. And whether I was too self-conscious for the person I was partnering with, uh, you know, in my, in my life, or it was the fact that I felt ugly in my body and was afraid it would show up on camera even more so like, you know, the, mm-hmm. the camera puts on in 10 pounds. I figured it would put on 20 pounds and all in my belly. Uh, so there's some, there's some certain things where I, I put a lot of limitations on myself. And you're naked, kind of. Like, you're sexy. You have whatever costuming you chose, which we can get into in a little bit, about that selection process. But you're in a vulnerable state. I mean, you're like... <laughs> You're like super naked, and I don't know for you if there was a difference in terms of like how how you would feel if you were in your your Savannah clothes and a professional was posing you in all these ways. If you would still be self conscious with your midsection or all the other parts that you're quote aware of, or you were I mean you're you're lingerie. Well, I <laughs> you it's know you say that is because um, I've had this conversation um, with Judy and with others, and in reality, I am probably eighty five percent covered by something. So anyway, just to set the set the stage and paint the picture, okay, I have a breastplate on. Yeah, it is really covering me from mid neck to bottom of rib cage it's a full-on chest plate like a crop top plate. Right. so even though i'm right, right. heaving boobage it's co- a flesh of areola and flesh <laughs> let me just but right? not mine but not mine it is right but still but still 
And I was wearing tights so I could keep my hip pads in. So that right. was covering all my, basically from toe to wherever the breastplate stopped, pretty much is where the <laughs> pantyhose tights stopped too. And so I basically bare arms, bare face, and a little bit of midsection. And <laughs> so in that regard. Just enough. Just enough. I was covered, physically covered in like, right. like the, the most basic sense of the word. But to the other point that you're mentioning, I'm in a corset. I'm in fishnets. I have these, this, my prosthetic boobs just, you know, just cleaving spilling out, over. spilling over into the world. And in that regard, yes, when you see the finished composition, it looks like I'm very naked. But in reality, it's, I know, I understand. It's like from the layperson seeing the end result, they're not going to say, well, I do know that Savannah was mostly covered. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not really exposing anything. I'm tucked. The chuff part of you. I mean, you're not exposing. Yeah, everything's put away and tucked back and, and smooth. No meaty tucks on this girl. So everything was in perfect alignment of where it should have been. And so for me, I, I know that's the case. So I'm right. like, but I'm not showing anything. But then everybody else was like, yeah, I've seen that finished picture. And I, <laughs> and I see the, the little nip slip. I see a little this, a little that. I'm like, well, right. I guess if we're talking about it in those terms, it is a little risque. Because you're the girl next door. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not in this case. But you know what? I think it's okay, though. It's like you can it see is it. okay. Yeah. It is okay. I'm just teasing you. I think that all of us females or people, I'll say people because it's not, it's a people thing. I think we all have the God-given right to express our sensuality. Mm-hmm. We do. And it's a sacred, beautiful part of us. And I think that you can be both things. You can be, you know, quote, the girl next door, but also... Own your sexuality. Girls next door do that all the time. So I think that when we're thinking about your identity or even your brand, when it comes to doing this super sexy thing, first of all, it didn't really have to do with how the outside world views you. It was all for yourself. It's something you always wanted to do. And that is a human, that is human and beautiful. And that is something that I wouldn't even call it contradictory to the person that you're trying to be. I think we have a part of ourselves that that leaves the world in a certain kind of way so people can make certain kinds of assumptions or you know you have a brand you are also an author you are a podcaster you have all these ways in which you allow others in but there's also another side to us there's also another side to us there's also a side around the corner and around mm-hmm. the bend to us and all of it is on brand. All of it is okay. There are extensions to who we are. And I think that as someone who goes to Starbucks and someone who is a an author, an advocate, someone who is kind to their fellow neighbor, I think that there is also a large arena of space to embrace one's se- sense of self and one's sensuality and share those beautiful artistic creative photos. So I know that you 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 can feel kind of self-conscious and conflicted when it comes to the you that is more buttoned up, which I've seen cleavage lines. So you're not so buttoned up. You know what I'm saying, girl? Um, I think that it's both on brand. I do. 
And I know everyone may not agree with that, meaning the you that's in your head, the fear space that is trying to be consistent. But I think that it is consistent. I think that for so long, women have been afraid and ashamed to share their sensuality with their se- themselves, nevertheless, the world, nevertheless, the people closest to them. But I think it's something that we need to challenge and say, you know what, this is also me. It's still me. I, I like to wear lingerie. I like to expose myself as sexy. And it, it's in direct alignment because I am a beautiful, extensive, eclectic human being, period. So true. And, and I was going to go with you were saying, it's like, and it's something you want to share with the world. And I was like, I mean, yes, to, to paraphrase you, I mean, ah, <laughs> because when this was done, even when I just saw the thumbnails come over um, after the shoot, I was like, oh, my God, these are gorgeous. I'd seen them on screen. I agonized over picking the 25. And then I drove home. And later that night, I saw, like, the the 25 in thumbnail form. And I was like, oh, my God, these. I love them even more. And I was even more excited. And I think I came home that night, and you and Judy were ready to FaceTime me so I could walk through the entire process. And I showed the pictures. Because you were there for a while, like that whole process. Like, I I don't want to go on another tangent because I know you have a thread of thought, but please tell us like how many hours, just quickly, how many hours this little process is. Yeah, I, um, I got ready. I drove about an hour. So I got Savannah got ready, but without makeup. So I Mm -hmm. had to actually leave the house without makeup. So I did put some um, lipstick and these big Jackie Onassis sunglasses. And so I had my wig on. So I was full head to toe Savannah, except for my face, which was super uncomfortable for me uh-huh. to do. I was not okay with like leaving the house that way, but they wanted me to arrive as Savannah in my female form. So I did that and, and it was okay. You know, I, I just parked close by and I wasn't too, once I was there, I wasn't too concerned about it. But right. it was 10 o'clock to 11 was basically the makeover from mm-hmm. like 11, 11, 11, 15, 11, 20 was me putting on the, the first outfit um, and then it was basically, I want to say like, a, let's call it 1130 to maybe 130, 145 was the actual photo shoot with multiple sets in two costumes, two outfits. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, okay, then I had to get undone and go back into normal Savannah mode, but with the makeover makeup. So I, I kept that. Then it was uh, lunchtime. She went, she went, locked the office and I got something to eat on Main Street we came back about 3.45, 4 o'clock, and between 4 and 5, we did the photo selection, and we were chatting about what it's like for a trans person, biological male, to do a feminine shoot and kind of like tips right. and tricks, both from her to me and me to her. Um, and then it was to drive home. So I think I go home maybe about 6. And after that, you and I and, and Judy got on a call and kind of reminisced the day as well. So, 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 so just <laughs> circling back, it was a kind kind thought when Judy said, okay, Julie, let's FaceTime. So Savannah doesn't have to repeat the story twice Yes, yes. because you had already been, I mean, the, the hour there, if you flash back to another episode to driving to where, where did uh, you drive? New, where was uh, the, from the upstate to Newberry and Newberry is a little bit North of Columbia in South Carolina. So it was about an hour away. Okay. Okay, got it. So you had already been, I mean, it, a photo shoot I know for firsthand experience is just, 
it is exhausting. It is a several hour endeavor and then add to the mix, the transition from male to female, and then kind of these in-depth conversations and also the arduous nature of being a pretzel, a Gumby (laughs) pretzel. Um, So yes, I I fully appreciated the, the call that Judy made to FaceTime me so that you only had to repeat the story once. Right. And you got to ask like questions individually and kind of like all added to the the kind of ambiance of the conversation. And at that point I did have the thumbnails and I think I was like showing my camera to you yeah. on the on the the tablet and showing Judy like oh, look at this picture, look at that picture. And I was just just basking in the whole process. Even you as were. and the next day my muscles were sore and I was a mess. But the experience itself, again, transformative, seeing yourself as artwork, I feel I feel that this is a very artistic endeavor, not a I don't see it as risque. I see it as art. Well, there was there was a few sexy shots. Oh, they're sexy. Oh yeah. That the jewels had to be like, <laughs> wow. Like I, I saw you in a new way. It was no longer like my big sister slash Bobby. It was like, all right, all right, I cannot see that. I cannot see that, but I believe it just, it was just like a G string shot. It was, it was uh, your, I think an the, artful, beautiful yes. Yes. song that was played. You know, it was just a different side of you, literally. It, it, well, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> I mean, cause you're always talking about my big booty and how, how luscious. It I is. will never again, gang, gang, gang. but this was like seen in a completely different way. And I know you were like, whoa, whoa, wait, okay, all right, processing, processing, processing. I cannot see that. I cannot see that. Like- how do I? How do I even look at you anymore? Uh, so, uh, but it was Like I said, it was transformative for me, and it made me. It was reminiscent of like making the commitment in evolving to the point of self acceptance of being a crossdresser. And then self-acceptance of being dual gender and non-binary. Mm-hmm. And like in the, each of those moments, each of those tiers of evolution, it always is followed by this extreme want to share. Mm. It's like, like you're so proud of yourself for who you are and who you've discovered yourself to be. And like accepting that, it was like you want to just tell the world. And this was no different. This was so transformative and seeing those pictures and seeing myself as a piece of artwork whether risque or not or sexy or not it was one of those things where it was just another step in my evolution i just want to share it with everybody i mean i'm not saying hey judy's daughters i want to share this ass shot with you i get that they don't want to see that but still didn't take away the fact that i was so excited for what i've accomplished and wanting to share that with the people i love so and people may not be are wanting to <laughs> and for me like as you're talking and i'm listening and i'm i'm thinking about the experience we had we were showing me these pictures and i'm like oh my god and judy's like oh my god <laughs> it reminds me and i didn't think about it till now so hang on to your tits for this one okay literally pun intended <laughs> it reminds me of when i first got my breast production And I had the like before shot and I had the after shot. And I, Julie, who had just gone under surgery, was so blown away by the before and after. My journey with carrying, you know, these giant gazungazungs and and the beautiful results that I literally emailed before and after shots to maybe like 
I'm going to lowball and say like 15 of my nearest dearest who are all like, oh my God, that's uh, it didn't get the response that I thought it would. Uh, here I was sending them something that I thought was like a miracle. Yeah. Okay. A physical miracle. And, and I, I, it was ironic because I remember when my friend Naomi in high school got her implants and she was just like lifting her top for everyone. I was like, wow, that's like really like, she's really confident, but like, could you ask us first? But because like we own this and, and it's our body, our choice and we're comfortable with it. So of course they are like that. I learned that that's not always the case. (laughs) Thanks to your teachable moment where you're showing both of us all these different shots and like, just as I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what it's like. Cause no one really emailed me back. <laughs> said anything. It was like crickets. Yet I keep on sending it. Like, I think I even sent it to my therapist. <laughs> I was so proud of like the journey I went on and the results were like amazing. And like, I couldn't understand why I wasn't getting like beyond like, wow. <laughs> You're like, Hey, thanks. Um, you know, this is your teacher from high school, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was so proud. And so listening to you, that's like, oh, my God, that's so what it is. That's like that, like, well, I think it's great. And I'm covered with some giant silicone tits. So, yeah. uh, um, so it's, right. It's so true. Because we're so, just so we're so we like our evolution and like the joy that we have with whatever this thing is. Whether in your case, like in your in your case, is even a little bit more sophisticated because you were dealing with like pain, physical pain yeah. and discomfort. So to have that a release from discomfort on both a physical and mental way added to the pride of like, look at where I am now, where mine is kind of also psychological, not because of discomfort, but more of not di- physical discomfort, but mental discomfort. And we were so euphoric and that's the word that we didn't even think like, this is our bodies in naked kind of form. And maybe they don't want to see that. Maybe I should check because it's kind of like, Ooh, like maybe I should give like a, you know, a courtesy, like, do you want to see this? Or I'm going to show you that. No, well, bam. You know? <laughs> oh, by the way. Oh, you didn't want to see those? And actually that's I didn't exactly, even ask you oh, here it is. Cause I'm proud. <laughs> well, in your case, you're so close to me. And Judy is so close to me. It's it was second nature to want to share. Right. Uh, so that no, you didn't get it. In the conversation revolved around that entire uh, journey and, and experience. So I kind of felt like, oh, the, here's the thumbnails. It just was part of it. But I wasn't I, ready. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. But also, as a side note to that, uh. everybody in the family who's on our family thread also knew Savannah did a boudoir shoot. Mm-hmm. And I, again, in words, I was very excited. I'm like, it was amazing. I loved it. They look so good. But I did say, Judy and I had a conversation about, well, maybe you should ask first. I don't know if this is something everyone wants to see. You know, you're like, you know, their mother's boyfriend. And kind of <laughs> see you in a different way than them, both right. as a man and as, you know, kind of a parentally type of figure, whatever. You just had the reveal about this, who Savannah yeah, is. And that, yeah, and that just was recent last year. And so I did say, hey, to the group, hey, here's a poll. Uh, just asking who would be interested in seeing these pictures when I do get them. And of all the daughters, Michelle was like, oh, my God, I'm all about it. Yeah, let's see them. 
And even then, I'm going to be very conscious about what I send to her and share with her. Now you know now which I know. photos and, I was like, whoa. And, and the other uh, the other daughters and of uh, the family friends were like, yeah, hey, you know what? Love it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's great. I, I, you know, I heard that like it was an amazing thing that you were able to experience. They were like, yeah, for me, I'm not really interested. And it didn't hurt my feelings. Mm. It just um, was that thing where you're, when you're so elated, right? You can't, sometimes you can't see why other people are not. Right. Because it is that They personal. love me. I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> they accept so, me. Yeah. So it's that personal experience versus a shareable experience. It's, it's just boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And so that hurts sometimes. You're just, just like, yeah, but just... I don't get it. <laughs> Your inner child is just like, but. You don't want to see me in a bustier with my, I mean, I'll spare you the thong shot that nearly shattered Julie's like, mommy. I mean, you did a nice tester. I was a safe tester. Uh, I don't know if I told you this yet, but I, I said to Judy, because I had showed my daughter, like you were trying on Judy and I, everyone, we helped piece together a couple of the, the, the costumes or a couple of the sexy attire that Savannah chose to wear. And so there was this one look where it was just like this beautiful feathers and this steampunk corset and these like a bustle. Like a lace bustle. Right. Totally covered. Yeah. As yeah. you said, tits spilleth over. <laughs> and my daughter, my daughter was headed out to like do some scootering. And for me, I try a little too hard, I think, to be this like progressive mother and like this like you know, woke individuals. I'm like, hey, Ravi, look at this. And my daughter is more like prude and proper. And I try to stretch her to what is normalized. I get that. I totally get yeah. that. But I was like, hey, Ravi, come over here and look at Savannah. Look what she's wearing this beautiful photo shoot. And you didn't even have time to be like, oh my, to like cover yourself up or, or even decide if you were uncomfortable or not. Right. So like I shoved the phone in her face. She's like, oh, 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 wow. Beautiful. Like, or she just didn't know how to react. And I don't even think you knew how to react. I was like, I okay, bye. Have fun. I was like, so anyways, guys, so what else? You know, I just kind of continued on, <laughs> which I'm sure it didn't help with your feelings of this idea of normalizing it yeah. for everyone because you yeah. were okay with it. And I think I said so to Judy, was I was that. like, I don't think that moment helped with Savannah's like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Deciding whether or not to just go for it with the family group text. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. You are a very good test audience. And Judy was a voice of reason, knowing that like, hey, you might be all elated about this. And you but I tested it? it with my daughter like, <laughs> and made that normal and cool. So you're like, they must be okay. Like, I don't think that helped. I'm not giving myself full credit, but I don't think it helped. That could be. That could be. Um <laughs> First of all, Michelle responded and was, you know, send me whatever you want. And the other daughters were also just as responsive, but in, in the opposite way. Say, you know, right. I love I love this. I love that you did it. I'm proud of you. I love your ability to do this. Uh, they even said, I don't even know if I would be able to do it for themselves, setting that boundary. And so there was even some side discussion, like, are you okay? You know, it's not about you and about right. their love for you. I'm like, oh, no, I totally get it. I get that it's... Yes, it made me a little disappointed because I was so sure. happy to share. So that notwithstanding, I know it wasn't because they didn't love Chuck. I know it's not because they don't love Savannah. 
I know those are not the case. This is just more of a personal preference of what they want to be exposed to. Simple. And I think it is, I'm not in their minds that I'm not a psychologist, but I do play one on TV. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I think their truth and their feelings I think it can be measured in direct correlation with what, how they feel about themselves and what they're comfortable with for themselves. And like they said, like they wouldn't really do it for me. eh, I guess I passed the test that I would do it. (laughs) I might do like, I do, I might be like, please, Ravi, let's just do like a twinning shot. No, (laughs) that, that was just wrong in so many ways. But like, I think for me, like I passed the test of clearly I would be comfortable not only seeing that, but I need to like be like, you know, maybe you're ready to do something like that, Julie, and you're not so afraid because I think their response or people's response who aren't quite ready for that, the idea that they wouldn't even imagine to do something Mm -hmm. like that for themselves, I think would be in direct alignment. It would make sense that they would not want to see you that way and not be so expansive in their own sensuality and in their own body. Normally, people are who are comfortable with themselves in certain situations expect that and are, are comfortable with that for others. And I think right. when you're trying something new where you are stepping into another level of yourself, I think, especially with this euphoria piece, I think it could be you know, there's a tenderness and there's a vulnerability to being like, can you share with me this thing? And people people are like, uh, yeah, that's not really how I want to see you or I wouldn't yeah, want to do yeah. that for myself. I understand how that could feel a little like, I don't know. Yeah. Tender well, of a yeah, moment. Agreed. And, like, and before I respond to that, because I have like kind of a top five reasons why I think that people should do a shoot of this type yeah. really highlight themselves. I'll give you like kind of the top five on that uh, Dave Letterman style. But the one mm-hmm. thing I, I, I had a conversation, a side conversation, which was like, and I was still trying to defend like why I wanted to share, you know, which is silly, but I was like, but wait, you've all seen my cosplay pics and those are just as revealing half the time. You know, I was like, they got boobs spilling over. They got fishnets and they're like, yeah, but that's cosplay that where you're presenting yourself as somebody else totally. versus presenting yourself as you. So mm. there is a line that is not crossed because you're embodying some other character mm-hmm. versus like really exposing yourself, no pun intended, exposing <laughs> yourself for how you want to be seen or how you totally. are as a person. So I thought that was a pretty amazing thing to hear too. It's like, oh yeah, you know, cosplay is completely its own silo of state of being versus I want to have this risque boudoir thing for myself. As a and you don't want to know as a, as an adult child or even as a child's child <laughs> that your parents have sex. A, you just don't want to know. Like, all right, in my life, I'm like, or at least they had it three times. Let's just not talk about it. And so to see your mother's boyfriend who they've recently accepted as also another gender as well. I I think to see in a sexy pose, I think for me, I'd be like, oh my God, oh my God. Like, honestly, even me, who's like trying to like wake my daughter up and normalize sensuality. I have moved from a different space. And from the space that I came from was a very virginal space, if you know what I mean. But even if it's like parental figures or a parent and a parent's person, I think it would just feel 
intense. Yeah, agree. And I wouldn't want to see that as well. If oh, I was, yeah, to yeah, empathize. I get it. I just, I just had to wrap my brain around that idea because I was so caught up in. We could call it a pink fog, y'all. We could call it that because I was just so euphoric about that thing that I just wanted to share it with the world and not really think about the ramifications of it. Um, okay, the top five reasons of why you should do a boudoir shoot is that boudoir photography is not just for women who have a significant other. If you do this for somebody else, you're always at the risk of being disappointed if they're they're not happy with it. So Correct. we always should, first and foremost, should be about you, the subject of the boudoir shoot. Uh, in all absolutely and I agree it's like if I were to do this for Judy and she was like oh yeah those are great don't ever show me again if that was the <laughs> reason why I did it I would be devastated right so for me it was primarily for me and again uh, if I can share it and they're appreciative then that's uh, important too um, number two boudoir photography is not all about sex mm. As we have said it several times on this episode, it's about sensuality. It's about the mm-hmm. state of being. It's about being comfortable in your own body. Sexuality, yes, it's kind of inherent boudoir because it's lingerie, it's corsetry, it's in fishnet. It's it's a little more, you know, in the bedroom, of course. That's what it's all about. But it's not about sex. Number three, boudoir photography is not for one body type or age. Uh, as you know, my body type is male. <laughs> What? My body type is male and my age is mid-age. So <laughs> while I am unhappy, I'm not six-pack abinet. Um, I'm a little bit extra COVID weight, but this was something I wanted to do. This was a bucket list thing for me. So knowing that the person who was doing the photography with me also had that same mentality of mine, like this is for your empowerment, for your femininity, whatever your body style is whether you're pregnant, whether you're overweight, whether you're thin, whatever it is, it's like, it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that was so important to me to be in that type of mentality, really was. Uh, next four or five is, uh, it's not for photogenic people. God knows people, I ain't photogenic. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's, that's actually a misrepresentation. I thought I would look bad. I was concerned that like, no matter how well she posed me, the camera would still capture, quote unquote, the truth of how ugly I am or how mm. masculine I am. Uh, but it didn't. She was so good in the, the way she shot it, the angles, the composition, how you move your body to give it a nice curve shape. All right. those things she did, all the all the things she should have done, she did to give me the best possible feminine look, in, which is why I came away blown away by the finished product. And number five. Boudoir photography is just is not just for confident people. Now, yes, I could say that I was uber confident. I went there with my sprite, with my ideas and my uh, costume ideas that you and Judy helped put together for me and buy and get from Amazon before I made the trip. Yes, I was confident in that way. But all those other things I've already said were the things that I was worried about that mm. would kind of burst that bubble of confidence if i saw the end result was like oh my god i look terrible it's just it's just a validation of how terrible i do look in spite of professional help. Um, but she pulled it off in a way that made me more confident it made me appreciate my body more made me appreciate my femininity more. and i've every time i see a picture that was produced by that it's like wow i can mm. look that 
which is yeah. so validating just for myself. It's not external from like a person telling me, it's a photograph of me telling me, you can look amazing. In YouTube. Right. I love that. Bravo. <laughs> and I recommend it for anybody. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I don't know how many men do it just for men's sake, but anybody who has a feminine expression, anybody who is cis female, anybody who's like maybe a little concerned about how they look, I would say if if you have this as a bucket list item, if you have this as a treat for yourself, as a personal getaway for the day to do this, do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. You'll find that you look amazing. Look at the person. Look at the photographer. Check out what their message is like. What is their mission? What what are what's driving them in their photography? Um, check out their galleries. Check out the prices. Check out what they offer. I'll do all that research and talk to them and see what what it is that drives them to do photography. And I know, Savannah, you are an influencer to many of our listeners. And I know some of our listeners have had the privilege to also be fox and hanger people, people Mm -hmm. of mine who have become my nearest and dearest friends. And I know they have reached out to me on their own and been like, wow, I really wish that I could do something like Savannah did, or wow, someday I definitely want to do a shoot like this. And it has given them the courage and the inspiration to picture something else for themselves in Mm. terms of their goals when it comes to their femininity Mm. and their expressions. So I would like to say thank you on their behalf, because you truly are an inspiration to others when it comes to your transgender experience. And so this pushed that envelope a little bit further. And It really shows people what is possible when it comes to how we can stretch ourselves and our femininity and our expression. So thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. And I'm reaping the rewards as well, just by being able to see myself in in this way. So for me, it's amazing. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey with me, Julie. Yes. You were instrumental. You helped Judy. What should we do? What does this look like? Should we do this outfit, that outfit? Should we get this accessory, that? I mean... It was a triad of development. It helped me get there. And thank you for having that commitment and support, you and Judy Bull. So thank you so much for that as we wrap up. And again, I'll say for anybody who has an established feminine persona, don't use this as a male to female transformation service. This is somebody who has an expression, can show up in that expression and just be photographed to its utmost in that expression. So definitely... Seek it out if it's something you uh, are interested in. I'll put in the show notes the uh, where I went for, for my makeover and photography. Okay, bye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at Julie MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor. Copyright 2022. Yes, nailed it. If you enjoy our content and want to make it easier for others to find us, please share with your friends, tap the subscribe or follow button to the show wherever you're listening, give it a five-star rating, 
or leave a review. And for show ideas or comments, contact us through the podcast on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.